Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk. We were talking here about the price of a pint recently and how much it's increased. I mean, there's been what, at least two by some drinks companies, two price hikes in the past seven or eight months. But that's just one aspect of the change to the industry. About a quarter of the country's pubs have actually pulled down their shutters since 2005. And Anthony O'Dwyer is one of those. He used to run O'Dwyer's pub in Limerick. Anthony, this is uh, no doubt a very tough and an unfortunate decision that, that you made just in recent years. Why did you close down the pub? Um, just just in relation to, I suppose, at the time of overhead. Um, I was there 16, 17 years, pre-COVID. And, um, you know, times have changed, obviously, 2008, and cultures have changed. Um, overheads had gone up and COVID kicked in and made a very tough decision, obviously. Like great times and great memories there and um, very sad to close, but just it was just reality. You're right, and like, like you were in a very prominent position. Yeah. Um, yeah, um, we're on Wolf Street in Limerick, which is still there. There's a lot of, um, it's a fabulous street, actually. There's two great pubs on the street still. Crossing the road from me is Bobby Burns's, and up the road is Paddy Kelly's, we know locally as Charlie Manone's. Um, it is a city centre, slightly outside it, and there's a lot of residents living in it. Um, but at the end of the day, there's, there's just a huge amount of pubs in that area. And, you know, I suppose it just goes back to overheads, you know. You were in there for how long yourself, did you say? I was there 17 years. 17. Um, but the pub? Know, it, oh, sorry, the pub is the pub is there. You know, Don Redden's time, you know, it goes back to, I think it actually goes back to the, being an original building on that street in, in um, I think, 1700. So when licensing law was kicked in in 1912, so pre that, I'm not sure. But it has been a pub since 1912. How has life since it, Anthony? I'm sure it's a big change. It was, to be honest, I, I loved it. You know, it was a small pub. It's a great location. Um, the city is, you know, it's going very well at the moment in relation to hotels and, you know, obviously Limerick Hurling and there's great pubs and restaurants in Limerick. Um, but I'm I'm outside in another pub now, outside in Castle Troy in the Hurlers. It's originally a family pub and it's a very big location. It's, right beside UL. So it's an easier trade in many ways because of the catchment area. Um, city centres, in general, I think, not just pubs, um, small businesses with the pressures of you know insurance, electricity costs gone through the roof, inflation has kicked in, and you know it's just it's tough trading times for small businesses in general, not just the pubs. I've no doubt that Anthony, over your seventeen years, you must have had a you know a fairly close, a good relationship with a lot of the hunters. Oh, very close. Genuinely, there's, there's friends of mine that, that are there for life, and unfortunately, you know it's, a, it's an old street in Limerick, and there's a lot of great customers there, and you know, uh, regular customers, old-style drinkers, um, daytime drinkers, and you know. A lot of those lads passed away, and that's what's happening with you know with a lot of, as you say, rural pubs. And I suppose you drink driving and and changes in society in general. You know, society has changed a huge amount in the mm. last ten, fifteen years in relation to. Drinking. And it's interesting though because you weren't in a rural area. You know, a lot of the time no, when we talk about you know, pub closures, it's always the death of the rural pub. But sure, you were. Yes. Yeah. Um, 
the style of drinking, you know, when you look at it now, you look at the younger generation, and I'm 50 years of age, so I'm the cast of the younger generation, but I look across the board at, you know, the style of drinking with my age group, and um, going out is um, less frequent, um, and through inflation and through overhead, it's less of a visit, mm. you know, and people are looking for more value, um, and it's just, you know, the overheads, you know, I, I know I go on about it a bit, you know, but, you know, sky, sky in a is related to your license and turnover, but monthly Sky could be anything from a thousand to fifteen hundred a month. Mm. You know, so you have, you have electricity, you have insurance, you have rates, water, you have, then you have to employ people, and then you have to buy the stock, then you have to do maintenance, and you know it, it just needs it needs more turnover. And in, in many cases, um, if it's not there, you you still have the overhead. Yeah. Um, Gerald Hawk is from JJ Hawks in Banner and Offaly. Gerald, has the in, just the entire pub culture now in this country has it changed? Oh, it has definitely tra- changed, Andrea. I mean, <clears throat> I you know just talking about the issue of the price of the pint. It's kind of a national obsession. People are always on about the price of a pint, um, and that that's more of an excise issue. You know, like when I worked in San Francisco, I remember buying a bottle of Tullamore Jew. And it was half the price it was in Tullamore. We're down in Offaly here. Like, that's that's mad. But people are obsessed with this price, the pint. And no one ever talks about the price of a maybe a Frappuccino in, in Costa Coffee or that. But it, the price of losing these places forever will be a lot greater than the price of a few pints. Are you um, in a rural area, Gerald? Yeah, yeah. We're in uh, Banagher County, Offaly. We're on the River Shannon, but it's a small, small You're town. You're outside you know, of it, aren't you? You're... Well, no, I'm in. I'm in the town. You're in it, okay. Well, we used to have like eleven bars, and now we've four at the moment. But like the po- as as the other caller was saying, there, it's a kind of a societal shift. I mean, if you kind of look at pubs, are part of what's referred to as third places. Like it's not home or work, but places where people meet. You know, like so pubs in Ireland, cafes in France. You have churches, barbers, and these are the anchors of our communities. Are, are, they, are they still though, Gerald? Would you, do you still well, think the, the pub well, they, holds they, that the, place? The traditional role of the third place were anchors of our communities where relationships were formed through spontaneous conversations. And the, the Irish pub was the definitive third place. But as, as you're saying, I suppose uh, social participation in society in general is in de- in decline and, and you know you can go into the complex causes technology is a huge one polarization institutional distrust but like there's no like an irish pub uh, even its physical attributes contribute to its social value like a turf fire which is also under threat now they're they're probably going to try and ban turf eventually and humans evolved around the the open fire um you know, that's where we gather to converse, to gossip, to be lewd, crude, lascivious, have the crack, like listen to music, rubbing shoulders. All these things are are, are are being taken away. Like the big drinks conglomerates are are focusing a lot more on home drinking. You know, all these widgets and, and gadgets and all, all this stuff. It's, it's all contributing to removing the social thing, you know. We've live music here seven nights a week to try and drum up business. And seven nights a week? Yeah, yeah. Well, as, as Debussy course. wrote, 
music is not in the notes, but the space is between the notes. And likewise, healthy social drinking isn't the imbibing, but it's the connection between the subs. You know, we're a nation of storytellers and you can't spin yourself a yarn at home. You know, you don't bump into strangers on Zoom calls. It's, it's There's no spontaneity. You know, it's all this mm. online world. You know, people used to have to meet for dates and things. Now all this is done online. Mm. And they're all, I don't know, at home playing computer games. <laughs> Michael Coyne is with us as well, um, Gerald and Anthony. Michael's the owner of uh, Coyne's Gastropub in, in Kilkiran and Connemara. Michael, like, I'm sure where you are, there's probably been many pub closures in recent years. Um, well, it's been testing. We've had one or two, not not too many, to be fair. Um, but I suppose I'm just echoing what's been said before me there. With the, you know, it's 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 a, it's a changing dynamic, you might say, with running the pub and so on. But it's not all, I suppose, negative. It's just just you have to kind of, I suppose, a lot of people have up their game and bit and so on. Um, I just find that for myself personally, being in rural areas, that uh, an area like this, that um, like it's very seasonal, you know, and then. What didn't help, I know, was some of the prize of the pints, whatever, but there's always these kind of negative, you might say, attributes where, you know, going to a pub and so on might be, you know, considered very expensive as opposed to staying at home. I suppose a lot of people have gotten used to staying at home, especially after COVID and so on. But I suppose really, when you talk about the pub itself, you know, it is the kind of the, the heart of the community and so on, but in a rural area more so. Um, and the reason I say that is, I'd say, because people, like, for example, I was at a funeral there, uh, brother-in-law passed away there got to go to him and we went out to the funeral but people came together and you know had jokes and you know cried and so on and so forth but it was all done in the pub when they came together mm. and it was kind of like say you know it was like, a, like a psychological thing and so on you know the only thing I find is they like and was at the end of the night then people wanted to get away home you know they didn't want to drink dry but there was no taxis so you have this in cities and towns and so on but when it comes to a rural area, you don't have those services. So pubs are up against things like that. You know, in general, you know, if you tell the price of pints, in rural areas, it's, it's generally cheaper than you have it in town anyway. But the services that people need, require to go and socialise in a rural area, aren't there. And people kind of run the night into rural Ireland and so on. Rural Ireland is a, like, I'm sitting here, I'm looking out over Kilcarran Bay. You know, I'm not stuck in a traffic jam, as some of your listeners are now probably whichever city it is and so on. Um, I live in a beautiful area, but when it comes into winter, you'll find that people who want to go out and socialise and meet people or whatever, mm. they're not able to because of these laws that are really geared towards, I suppose, urban areas. And that's my point where literally when you live in an area like this that might be as beautiful as it is, um, you, when you're at home, that's it becomes a kind of a mental prison, you might say, because you can't go out. I know uh, if my own family are, are involved in, in the pub business um, and definitely I know they would talk about, you know, you do have, um, I'm not going to say every town has it, but I know anyway they're well serviced by the a rural link and I see, you know, I see a lot of people seem to avail of that and, and use that, but but that's not the solution. You know, there's obviously an end time to that, but does that play some role, Michael? I suppose, in in, in the future of this. Yeah, 100%. I think we need to look at rural Ireland and see just what exactly... It's not, as I could say, it's not a big fix. It's just give people, especially after COVID, you have a lot of people, and I thought myself, I said, with people working remotely, 
that it will be the start of the rejuvenation of rural Ireland. Mm. And not just for pubs. I'm not talking about pubs here. I'm talking about, say, GH. No, it's part of a wider national schools, community. 100%. And pubs are part of that. And especially talk about tourism. I'm on the wild Atlantic way. You know, say, so when tourists come here, they'll want to go, say, have a bite to eat or go to a place where there's music or whatever. If those pubs are gone, you don't have that. And that has an impact then and a negative impact on tourism, also on jobs and so on and so forth there. And we talk about jobs, staffing has been a huge issue. Yeah. Um, trying to get people to, I suppose, to age and work for places, like but also to give that academy the thoughts. You need people that are tourism-minded and so on, you know. Now, there are challenges, there are minor challenges, they can be got over, but I do think the government needs to incentivize, whether it be, you know, um, looking at the tourism picture as a whole and try and help this, not just say, here you are, that's the White Atlantic Way, now a lot of people are going to come over to you. That's not the way it works. You need to, and Fault Ireland have done great work in that line. I'm going to okay. track now small. Do you know, okay, back to the pub, you know, you need, pubs need to be helped if they're going to survive. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's an interest, well actually, on, on their future survival, if you want to call it that, Gerald, there's an interesting text in from a listener who says, why don't rural pubs supply taxi services or minibus services for customers? Are you there, Gerald? Yes, can you hear me? Yeah. yeah. Hello? Yeah. No, I, I have two young kids upstairs, a three-year-old and a 11-month-old. And the day here is long enough. Uh, you know, we're doing, we're opening at 12 every day. And by the time you get cleaned up and, and locked up, there's security issues. If I was to go, then there's insurance. Well, you took the you words know, out of my mouth. If what you, publican if, is going to want to be responsible for ferrying everyone home when something happens? And you see, in a rural area... It's so spread out. I mean, we have villages around. You have Lusma. And, you know, you're talking huge areas. Mm. It's not just drop a guy out the road. I mean, there's... Yeah, 20 kilometres then the other way. In. Exactly. All small little roads. Um, it's just the nature of the way it has. Now, when we're, we're waiting on Elon Musk to deliver us a few of these automatic AI cars to be able to drive <laughs> people home. And yeah, they'll be all, Elon Musk they'll be is all, going to save the rural pub yeah, <laughs> statement you never thought you'd say. And, and the robots are going to drive people home so <laughs> in the next 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> John, John got in touch. John is on the line. Um, John, what's the future of the rural pub in your eyes? Uh, my eyes, I would say Uber. Um. If they brought Uber in, it would make it easier for a lot of people okay. to travel. Um, I've been lucky enough to be in Portugal there recently and to use Uber. And it's so seamless. It's brilliant. Up on your phone, order the car, you can see what's around you, and it's there. So not just um, relying on the taxi service that's there, but... Yeah, you just it's, 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 it would give everybody, locals, a chance to earn a few extra bob. Anybody that moved into the area knew it'd give them a chance to get to know their neighbours and stuff, you know. Um, I, I think it would just give a, a fresh impetus, you know, to rural Ireland. Would you agree with that, Anthony? In, in a way, I, I would, of course, but I just think in, certainly in rural Ireland, it's not, um, you know, it, it, again, you're, you're back to the cost. You know, you're you're now going down to your local pub there for a few points, and and you're 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 paying a ten or fifteen euros each way. So, um, I think that'll be you know it'll be great if it was a cheaper service, or as you said, like it's publicans could put it on. But again, you're back to insurance, and you're back to paying more labour. So, it's a very very hard fix. 
It's, it's, you know, it's only when you look at the figures, I suppose. Um, and I know there's always various different reports that come out. And today it's the drinks industry and they're looking at the number of closures. Um, is it 108 pubs closed their doors in 2002 alone? 2,000 pubs since 2005. But it's it's a very hard thing, Anthony, to do. And, and you know that better than anybody. Like pulling down the shutters for the final time is, I'm sure it's an emotional thing. Absolutely. You'd, you'd, uh, it, is, it is emotional. And especially because there was... A lot of previous owners before me. It was Larry Murphy's with Liam and Larry, and uh, and Harrison was there, and uh, you know, um, actually, Owen Redden's family. I don't know if you remember Owen Redden, the Irish from Half, but it's originally um, Redden's were a few big Limerick rugby family in, in Old Crescent, and you know, so all those little things they all add up, and of yeah. course, the, the the street itself. I love the street. You know, it's a city centre kind of a. It's mainly like a Carnation Street. It's a huge, fabulous community, and um, it's a great location. But unfortunately, you know, again, you know, it's it's trading terms, conditions, and overheads. And at the end of the day, the small publican, he is the chief, you know, of maintenance. He's over security. He's, um, he's he's health and safety. You know, he's employment law, mm. and you know, he's the bookkeeper, and you know, and the councillor. Yeah, and you and, and yeah. You listen speak. to all the listen to all the problems of the of the, of the day as well. Um, Anthony, listen. Thanks a million for getting in touch with us today in the program. Anthony, John, also uh, Michael Coyne there too, and Gerald Talk and Banagher in, in County Offaly. Lunchtime live with Andrea Gilligan, weekdays at midday on News Talk.